Give Jesus a great big hand clap. Give the King of Kings a great big hand clap. Because he's wonderful. He's everything to me, and I'm pretty sure he's everything to you too. Because the great thing that I love about him, he's no respect of person. He comes and meets you right at your feet and your knees. He loves you and he cares about you. He cares about everything before you even go to him and get on your knees in prayer. He cares for you and he's already working it, but he just needs you to come and talk to him about it. Will you come and talk to him about it so he can fix those things in your life that he's been tugging on you? Will you surrender unto him and let him do what he needs to do? Because he's a good father and I promise you he won't fail you. But he's looking for you. He's holding you accountable just like you have held him accountable to fix things. And those mountains in your life, he is holding you accountable. Amen. And I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to pray. And then because this is like Jeremiah, understand now when that scripture said it's like fire shut up in my bones. Because let me tell you something. I've been on this journey for a long time. But when I tell you it has never, ever been in me like this, what I'm feeling on today because God has a message for you. I don't get up here too often. And the reason why is I want to be careful that whatever he needs me to do, don't get it twisted. I will do his assignment and I will do it with perfection. But I don't make a reputation for myself. I allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. And it's just like Jeremiah said, it's shut up in my bones. I feel the fire's even warm in here today because I know the Holy Spirit is working and I'm going to let him do what he needs to do because he is awesome. It's not me, it's him. I'm standing in the need of him. I need prayer. I have to go to him just like you go to him. But one thing I know about him, he's a problem solver. So I'm telling you online today and I'm telling you in-house, if you give it to Jesus, won't he do it? If you give it to him, that is the thing I said give. I didn't say that you hand it over, but you still got your hands on it. I said if you give it to the master and you're trusting and believing that the master will come through, that's when you give it to him. A lot of you, you're holding on to things and you want him to fix it. Get your hands off of it. You won't let it go for him to do it. Release it so he can do his job. When you go on your job each and every day, each person has a title, right? And each title comes with an assignment. How would it look for you to do everyone else's assignment and don't do yours? Let him do his assignment. And that's when the maker is going to move for you. That's when a chain breaker is going to break things off of you. But you've got to let the master do it. Amen. Today's title. Today's message is the poverty mindset because we got to break it off. And you may just think when I'm talking about that poverty mindset that I'm strictly just talking about finances and I'm strictly just talking about money, right? But no, it goes beyond that because it comes and it infiltrates itself into the kingdom of God. And that same mindset is just a thought process. It's just a mindset. 
And if that mindset is not broken off, you can't reach what God's needing you to reach. You can't go to that mountain to, to get to where he needs you to be because you're messing it up with what you're thinking on, what you meditating on. That's why it's so good to meditate on lovely things, positive things and sweet things, so that if we meditate on this, we're gearing our mind to things that are positive. And that's why you got to make, make sure of who you intermingle with in everything. If you're not strong enough to break the negativity, then you might have to just move on over and let pray for them and let God move for them. But sometimes if you're around a whole bunch of negativity, how can all kind of negatives bring forth something positive? Be careful of your surroundings now, especially today in this day and time. Be careful what you give your members to in this day and time. Because God, time is winding up. Don't you see the signs? You see, poverty mindset won't let you see the signs. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord. We come to you, Lord God. Let these hearts be prepared. Let these minds be prepared. God, I ask that you give this good ground, Lord God. I ask that you till it, Lord God, and I ask that every seed that is given today, it be planted. But God, I'm asking for a little bit more than just for it to be planted. God, I'm asking for it to grow into fruition of what you have caused for it to be, Lord God. Any doubters in the midst, Lord God, I ask you to cast that mindset down. Anyone, Lord God, that's in trouble, Lord God, Anyone, Lord God, that think they can't make it, they can't do it anymore, Lord. They can't go on, Lord God. Things are never changed. The situation never get better. Lord, I ask today, Lord God, that you renew the mind, Lord God. You said in your word, God, renewing me a right spirit, Lord God. I need you to renew, Lord God, today, Lord God. I need you to refresh, Lord God, today. Lord God, I feel the anointing in this place, Lord God. I feel the anointing, Lord God, in this atmosphere, Lord God. Have your free reign, Lord God. Do what you have caused, Lord God. Let the world see you, Lord God. It's not about us, Lord God. But resaturate this atmosphere, Lord God. That everyone who came today, Lord God, everyone that is tuning in, Lord God, on this broadcast today, Lord God, I ask God that you do a new thing, Lord God. That you plant, Lord God. And you grow, Lord God, so they can see, Lord God, that beautiful garden, God, that you have promised for them, Lord God. It's entitled, Lord God. Entitlement, Lord God, is good, God, when you do everything there is to get that entitled. It's just like an inheritance, Lord God. Let us get our inheritance, Lord God, but let us be diligent in serving you, Lord God. Just like you can't go to a bank and withdraw money if you have a zero balance, Lord God. Nor can you do it if you constantly, they're asking for things, but don't do anything in return to work for it. Lord God, let us work for it. Let us do our due benevolence, Lord God, to do what you have called us to be. Let it not be in slack, Lord God. Let it not be in slowfulness and laziness, my Lord God. But let it be with a pure heart, Lord God. Let it be giving our all to you, God. Because if we give our all to you, Lord God, surely you'll give 
your all to us, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, you may be seated. So today we're talking about the poverty mindset. And the subtopic to that is breaking it off. You know, we, t- we, we always hear about the poverty mindset. You, she knows about the poverty mindset. You know, we work in, sometimes you have jobs and you work with some in the community with the poverty mindset. And like I said, don't get it mistaken when you say poverty that it's all about somebody that's poor financially wise. Because keep in mind that poverty mindset is all about a mindset, right? And whatever is in your mind is in your mind because you're what? You're thinking on it, right? And whatever you think of, if it's good, you know, and, and if it's all about, you know, big things and great things and God, I want to do this in your will, God, I want to do this work for you, Lord God, God, in the natural, Lord God, God, I want to become this, and it's nothing wrong with setting goals, it's nothing wrong with being profitable, it's nothing wrong with having a business, but what we have to make sure of through everything that we possess on this land, we're here for a season on this earth, And when we're gone, where our treasure is, he said, where your treasure is, it's all where your heart is as well. We got to make sure that we're not just laying so much treasures on earth that we don't have a nickel or a penny to go to heaven. And that we don't have treasures stored up in heaven. Because it may be good to have it all figured out from A to Z on this earth. But if you don't have those spiritual things, because after all, when I've really been thinking a lot, And I really thought about things. And you look, some are married, some are not married, some have children and we have families. And all of these things that we possess on this land. And I thought, and I was thinking recently, and I started thinking more after losing a family member a couple of weeks ago. And thank God she made it to be with the Lord and and we're going to miss her, but she's in a good place. And I started thinking more and more and more. And I started thinking, God, we're on a journey. You know, we're actually on a journey, Lord. And everything on earth that we've prepared ourselves for in this journey, Lord God, it's a different kind of journey where we're going, where none of these things that we give so much attention to is going to be there. And that's what we have to get our attention to God, to know that a lot of things that we give so much attention to, It's not even going to be in heaven. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you can't, you shouldn't have wealth and success and all of that. It is good. I'm an advocate of education. I'm an advocate of working hard. I've been working hard. I'm a firm believer that you work. My dad taught me to work from young. My mom showed it. She showed me how to work. I calculated since 14 years old to the present and I'll be 50 and I'm not ashamed to say it in January and from 14 years old I've calculated how many years from 14 years old to 49 years of age have I not worked and from 14 to 49 I calculated in that whole entire time one year and I can tell you when it was I can tell you that it was three years transferring from, uh, from when I was going to school in New Orleans when I first moved here. 
It was having my first child, my daughter, and I had a three-month break, and it was having my son. I don't even think it was three months break, and it was transitioning. I said the transitioning from New Orleans. It was about maybe 12 months. Oh, and transitioning from law enforcement, a job I had, to, the, to education, it was about three months to relocate and find, and find another job. So in that total amount of times from 14, you do the map to 49 years of age. That's the amount of time in the natural that I've been without work. Now, I don't toot my own horn, but I can show you the numbers and it'll toot it for me. And the reason why I'm saying this and anything that you want something in life and that you're reaching for, you got to do the work. You can't get around the work. You have to labor. You have to labor naturally because you're getting what? Finances to do what? To take care of your household because he said, if you don't take care of your household, you're worse. I didn't say you're worse than an infidel, but God's word said it, right? And then you have to do it in the spiritual because a lot of spiritual conditions sometimes we face is because we want somebody to do all the work for us. We want somebody to do all the praying for us. But if you ask me to pray for you, my question in my mind is, are you praying for yourself? Because nobody, no one should be praying harder for themselves than you for yourself. Because at the end of this, the Bible says, work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling. So your soul is going to stand before God on judgment day. And it's your works, not no one else and what they did. See, on sometimes in this work, you know, it's a cutthroat world. Sometimes in the business world, somebody can take credit for something that you did. But when you stand before God on the day of judgment, no one's going to be able to be taking credit away from you for what you did. Your works of doing is going to give you a consequence. Your work for doing nothing and not doing what he called you to do is going to stand for you too. Because a lot of things, and he is turning me some other places, but I am going to get on this, but I'm going to let him have his way for now, But I'm not because I'm not keeping you long, but I am going to go through everything, and you're going to see why the poverty mindset, we got to break it off. You can see that it, it, it goes into other areas, and what it's doing is having you standing in a block of cement, and you can't move. How do we serve a great big God, and he wants us to just be poor? Do you really believe you're his child? Think about any of you have children, raise your hands. If you can give your children everything they ask for within reason if they deserved it, raise your hand if you would give it to them. So why do you think God would keep you broke? Why do you think God would keep you with nothing? Why do you think he would have you work in two, three jobs? See, sometimes in the process, a few things are done. Sometimes it can be a mismanagement of money. Sometimes it's just an overpour of, of, of debt, and it caught you in a bind. Sometimes elements in your body, whether it's a health situation, kind of trip you up, and you just can't do what you did no more. And certain, sometimes it's just you're working very hard. But educational and some other things have limited your Learn the, what you have, your learning capabilities, it has limited you 
to get extra resources and bring in that extra income. Right? So I don't want anyone to think that I'm calling anyone lazy. I'm not calling anyone lazy. But the word of God is going to come forth today. It's going to make you think within yourself, can I be doing more? Am I doing enough in this kingdom for God? What has God required unto me to do? And another question, am I doing it? And the only person can be held accountable and the only person can really wholeheartedly answer that with honesty is you. You know if you can be doing more. He said the harvest is plenteous. He said, but the labors are few. And many want to make it to heaven gates, and you talk a good game. Just like a man will spit game till you're on the street. And women spit it too, so we'll, we'll be even on that. It's sometimes how you spit game to God. You want God to think you want him so much, but you don't do nothing to show him your affection. I'll say that again. You want God to think that you are so close and loving and intimate with him. And you just want to be so good to him. But every time he got to find you, he got to search all over and look for you. Why does the father have to search all over for you when he's given you the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be linking and searching him? Let me ask you that question. Why? Why is it? That in these last days, all the signs is just like a billboard. He is coming. He's on the way. We are in perilous times. But you sit on your hands. You come in day in and day out, and God imparts words on you how to move forward and how to go to and fro. This is not just for you. When Jesus died on that cross, guess what he charged? When he died on that cross, he charged all of us for his life. The bloodshed that he gave us was just so that we can have a chance to repent. But guess what we have to give him in exchange for that repentance? We said we were going to give, give him our lives back. And how we give him our lives back? It's the service that we do each and every day. It's not a just about the four walls in any church or anywhere you assemble, because everywhere is a church, not just in a church. Let's get that straight, too. Church is where you go grocery shopping, where you go shopping at the mall. Church is in your car. Church is at your job. Church is everywhere. It's mobile. It's everywhere. And you have to take Jesus everywhere you go, but you're so selfish, you sit on your hands because you think you're the only one good enough for it. That's a poverty spiritual mindset. As far as thinking that you're the only one good enough for it. Well, I didn't say that, sister. I ain't never said that I was the only one good enough for God, but you say it in your actions when you don't minister to nobody. You don't bring nobody to him. In fact, I'll go a little bit further and I'll say this, too. When you go somewhere, nobody know you probably go to church until they see you probably on social media taking selfies at church. So is that what the Holy Spirit is all about? It's just a fad. It's just a form, a fashion, just a routine that you do. 
Is that what it is? Is that what it's gotten to be today? That everybody just churchy? They're just going in emotions. La, 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 church is at 10 a.m. I'll go 10 a.m. I'll leave. I'll go home, cook, eat, or whatever, and da, 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 da. Then I'll do the church thing again on Sunday. What are you coming for? What is your purpose in him? What are you coming for? Are you just coming to assemble? Are you coming to see your, your besties, your sissies, your bros? Is that why you're coming? Or are you coming because this week I was broken? This week I was going through things and the devil was fighting with me in my mind. I was suicidal. I was depressed. I felt like I couldn't make it anymore. I'm in a situation, feel like I'm stuck in mud and I just can't move through the mud. Why are you coming? I want to ask you that and you internally answer. Why are you here? We don't have time to play in this. Are you here to till the ground and help build? Or are you here just merely to take up space and oxygen? What are you here for? That's what I want to know. Not me. God wants to know. Let me change that. What are you here for? Let's go into that poverty mindset. So I'll give you a definition of it, and I'm going to get to the other things. What is a poverty mindset? Okay. Having a poverty mindset is a fear that you will never have enough. It holds you back by convincing you that your circumstances will never change for the better. The way of thinking, you see, it's a mindset. It's the way of thinking. Why you think, and Jamaica was all in it when she was testifying, and I asked her to testify because we talked one day, I think it was this week or last week we had a conversation, and I was just so proud of her. And as she was up here, I really was in tears because I was genuinely proud of her because I've been knowing her since we used to travel back and forth at a Baton Rouge church. And from there to hear her growth in her mindset is remarkable that she was obedient to God enough to let him change generational curses. Do you know how impactful and how powerful and I know it's hard because it takes discipline for it for her to stop it at her when you have a whole generation have you ever and I'll just give this as an example have you ever met people and like grandma was on services received services great grandma received services the daughter receives services. Her daughter receives services. Everybody, don't you know that's a generational mindset thing? And we know education does, but I know rich people, millionaires, that didn't go to school. So we won't use that as an excuse. Well, I didn't go to college. I know some of the smartest people never stepped foot in college. And they still making it well. So you can sit and make excuses for anything. But when I see somebody pushing out of poverty, Venus and Serena Williams, they were living in what they call government housing. But her daddy saw, the dad saw a vision. And he saw a situation and everyone outside of those government in that area, they laughed at them. Because you got two young girls of color and they playing a sport that 
someone would have said was a predominantly white sport, and you're making them play tennis, do y'all really think y'all going anywhere? But when you have a vision, and when you have a positive mindset, no matter what is around in your atmosphere, you have definitely sealed that atmosphere off and you're locked in on what's going to happen in the future so much that you're passionate about it and you're going to keep on working until you see that thing come into fruition. I wonder what they're saying now that Venus Williams and Serena are millionaires have generational wealth beyond generations for their children and their children's children, just like the word of God said. I wonder who's making fun now. No, they're pretty much eating their words because why? He could have easily just been a part of the system and said, I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to stay right here. When you don't do anything and you accept it, guess what? The minute you accept the situation in your life is the minute it's going to stay the same. It's not until you do the action of do. What does do mean? When you do something, that's an action, right? When you're doing something, you're moving, right? You, when you do nothing, though, what is nothing? Don't do anything, right? And then guess what? You won't get a result. Because if you don't do anything, whether it be naturally or spiritually, the result you're going to get is not one that you would really want. But guess what? If it's not the result that you want, guess who you have to blame for it? Don't blame God. Blame yourself. See, we got to stop looking in all these mirrors behind us. And we got to look at the one that we look at every day when we get dressed, the one in front of us. And if we be transparent enough to admit my failures, my shortcomings, whether it be naturally shortcomings or spiritual shortcomings, we're going to see that mirror in a different light. We might even see a different silhouette. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But if we see that mirror and look at that mirror and we be honest with what we see, Guess what happens? Bomb and Gilead happens. We get help. That's what happens. Because why? We're not making excuses anymore. Let me give you an example. And then I want to get into this. This is the last example I'll give you. Well, maybe. If, if God gives me another one, I'll give it. How many times have you um, went on an interstate, took an um, exit, just driving certain areas of town, and you saw someone holding up a sign? Right? And what is the main clause to try to get you in? This, okay. Or we'll work for food, right? Will. Okay, that's doing. Work for food, right? Why you keep seeing that same person on that corner every time, no matter where you go? You sometimes, I see sometimes, one I see is he travels. Look like everywhere I'm at, I promise you, I look up and he's looking right at me. And let me tell you something. I have given before. When God tells me to give, and I know it's going to them getting food, I will give it. 
And I'll never look down on a man because you don't know. So never be on your high horse to judge someone holding up a sign. Sometimes it's mental health issues. Sometimes it's, it's chemical dependence. And then I'm going to talk about the other thing. Sometimes it's flat laziness. And they don't want to follow nobody else's rules but their own rules. And that is I'll work for food. But really, they won't work for food. Because if, if you were a gentleman and you have said, hey, buddy, I see you have a will work for, uh, for food sign. Come with me. I have some work here, such and such. Uh, well, you'll start, they'll start looking to the right or the left, trying to think of a reason why they can't go with you, just to test it. Because this is what it should say. I ain't go, I'm, not working for, I'm not working for no food, just give it to me. You know, I'll probably give somebody that say, I ain't working for nothing, just give it here. Because at least they're being real about it, and they're not trying to give it to you on another, they're not trying to, like, just, they're not jive you, that was an old word back in the day. But they really, they, they really what they're saying is, they're they telling you how they, what they, what, for the heart. That's what it is. They're telling you the truth. Thank you, Jennifer. They're telling you the truth. So we're going to go into this poverty mindset because we do want to break it off. Poverty mindset also is accepting and believing that nothing ever will change. It's not, it's a poverty mindset mean that you're not thinking that learning and growth or social mobility is even in your reach. A lot of times a person with a poverty mindset, the main thing that ha has them to have this poverty mindset, they've already been defeated and they just don't see no future. I used to um, work in truancy when I was in law enforcement and I would go in certain neighborhoods and I would go and try to really talk to the youth about um, getting back into school and getting their education and different things like that. And I always would wonder why it was no importance in it. But when you're worried about, am I going to be here tomorrow? Will my lights be turned off? And other things like that. The last thing on your list is education because you're just thinking about survival. And I had to realize sometimes with poverty, it's about survival. So the things that we deem is so important, it's, it's not that it's not important to them or they never wish they would have had it, it's just like they gave up because they think that their situation is never going to change. But how many know that that's alive from the pits of hell, that, that it can change? Their situation of poverty can change because if it changes in the mind. Because keep in mind, I said, poverty is a mindset. It's not about just money. Because I know some of the most poorest people, but they're so rich in spirit. And you'll never know because they're satisfied. And riches is not where they're deemed to be. But God can still break those things where the struggle does not have to be there. Because like I said, he didn't intend for any of us to struggle. What is needed in this poverty mindset? is to change your thinking and your mindset. And you know what happens? Venus and Serena's dad, he had a hunger. He had a hunger for them to be great. 
You have to have a hunger for change. And you have a, another thing you got to have. You have to have mental toughness. You guys, we don't just have to have mental toughness in the natural. We have to have mental toughness in spiritual. When things come to overthrow us, we have to know who's the source of it. Because if he can get us thinking negatively in our mind that these situations that's been perplexing me and that's been going on in my head and these things that seem like they never want to change, if he can get us to just focus on that, then we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. If poverty was all about money, you wouldn't have millionaires committing suicide every day with all the money at their... Because some people say, well, what they committed suicide for they had everything. What they was worried about? Peace. You can have peace with money. You can have peace without money. You can have peace in trials. You can have peace outside of trials. Because where does peace come? When you keep your mind stayed upon him, he said he'll keep your mind in perfect. And he wasn't talking about a weapon. He was talking about that mindset. Give Jesus a great big hand clap. I'm going to tell you something else that it takes. It takes you to be confident. Because sometimes when someone is impoverished, they've lost their self-confidence. Because they feel like they have nothing to stand on. But what they don't know is that they do have something to stand on. They have God's word to stand on. Because his word is what's going to help and transform their lives into what they need it to be. I want to read a few scriptures to you. The first is Proverbs 10 and 4. Okay? Proverbs 10 and 4, it says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. When it's saying lazy hands make for poverty, that's just saying that you're not doing anything. So when you're not doing anything, I'm, this, is for the, I'm, this is not for the person who's laboring, working, and doing everything, and sometimes you just fall on hard times. This is for the do-nothing. Let me, I want to make that clean. I'm not uh, clear. I'm not calling anyone lazy in here. But I'm speaking what God has given me to give to you, that if you have certain situations in your life, you're going to know what to do so you can get some mm about yourself and change your situation. Okay? Am I speaking to the land of the living today in this house? Or am I standing in a cemetery? Who am I speaking to? Are you God's children? Are you tired of getting beat up by the hands of the enemy? Because God wants you to rise and take your place. But you cannot rise and take your place if you don't have any get up about yourself. We have enough fire and energy for every single thing in this world. I do not understand it sometimes. We have so much energy to, energy to do so many other things. But when it comes to do kingdom business, our hands get folded and tight. And we want to bring up our schedules because we're just so busy. 
And you want a seat in a kingdom with your busy self. You don't have enough time for him. Are you going to have enough time for him in heaven? It might be too much going on. You might not want to do. Do you think you can do nothing here and do everything in heaven? It does not work like that. That's why he's saying, you know them by their fruits. And that's why he talk about the works. Because it's doable. You have to do something. You know. Okay. So it says, lazy hands... Make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Diligent, you guys, just simply means consistent. And it brings wealth. It's not just talking about monetary gain, naturally, but also spiritual gain. I mean, if you're poor in the spirit, won't God fill you up? Sometimes you have been in certain situations, but you kept pushing in that drive inside of you. It helped your situation. God wants to help your situation. God wants you to start praying for you. God wants to start giving you a word. You give yourself a word. A lot of times we wait for people to give us these prophecies and these words. And what can you tell me today? You know, tell God. God can give you a word right inside your home. It doesn't have to be somebody openly prophesying to you. You ask him for him to pour into you. Don't you think he would do it? Let's set a culture here. Let's set a culture that we are going to serve God in fullness and that we're not going to be lazy in serving him. And whenever we see there's something to put our hands to do, we're going to do it not because you're doing it for man. I don't do nothing for man. I've never been like that. From young, I never was a follower. I was always a leader. Nobody was going to make me do anything that I wanted to, didn't want to do. That's just how I rolled. Why? Because I'm not going to make you make me feel I got to do this to be accepted by you. Nor will I do it in God's kingdom. So we got to get out of pleasing people. Because at the end of this, everybody, me, Pastor LJ, everybody else with Apostle, DDD, and all this other kind of stuff behind and in front they name. We all going to have to stand in front God just like you do in that same line. But what would he say to us? What will he say? Would he say, enter in now, good and faithful servant? Or would he say, you were so lazy? You always slept. What will he say about you? Let's go to Proverbs 6, 9 through 12 in the King James Version. Proverbs 6, 9 through 12. It says, verse 9, it says, How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? That means when will you get up from your laziness? A little sleep, a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. But you don't fold your hands to rest when it's time to eat. You don't fold your hands and rest when it's time to go shopping to the mall and go on your trips and do all your other things. You don't fold your hands. You're ready for that. Why? You're ready for that because it's the work of the flesh. It's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong because I do it. But I do the other things too. And this is saying a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding on the hands to rest. 
The problem is not the resting. The problem is you're doing too much of it and not enough of other things that you should be doing for the kingdom. I'm a firm believer of family time, and I've sacrificed a lot of it for this work, and that's good. And you should have a balance with your family because you can't do all spiritual things. Let me correct that right now. You can't do all spiritual things and don't do nothing with your family. You need a strong family to fight the enemy so he don't fight in your house. So let's not say I'm, I'm not speaking against that. But what I am speaking against is that it's always an excuse when it comes to God's work. That should not be tolerated. You shouldn't tolerate it with the Holy Spirit in you. Should not tolerate it. So that lets me know when it is tolerated, you're working against the Holy Spirit. You're not working with it and for it, but against it. And you need to ask, what fence are you on? What side are you on? Whose side? Who are you really working for behind closed doors? Let's go to this because I also want you to know. I want to read this too before we go to that. I want to just read Deuteronomy 5 and 33. It says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord, your God, has commanded you so that you may live and prosper. He's just saying, obey me, my child. I'll give the things that you need. But the things that you need, it comes through obedience. How am I obeying my father? I'm obeying my father by doing what he has charged for me to do. You guys, whether you believe it or not, everybody sitting here was here today for a reason because they needed to hear what God was speaking to them. And he has a charge on each and one of your lives. Each and every one of you have been charged. The question is, are you going to do what God charged you to do? Are you going to be lazy about it? Why give you another breath for tomorrow? If tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, people would love to take your place that are no longer here in the wrong place. Why would you let a rock cry out for you when you need to be crying out for your own self? Hasn't he been good to you? How do you show it? You show it in deed. You show it in action. See, a lot of times people can talk a good game, but that's all it is. Don't talk no game to me. That never worked with me. Don't talk no game to me. What are you going to do? Let me see how you operate. What are you going to do? Because you can talk game every day A to Z. You can come with the game. But how are you going to back it up? That's what he wants out of you. He wants you to back up. He wants to show people that you're saying you're a Christian, but you are, in fact, Christ-like. You are dependable. You want people to be held accountable, and you don't even hold yourself accountable. Leaders, you want people to be on time. You're not on time. Leaders, you want people to reverence and respect your office. You got to respect your office. You see, everyone wants to lead, but let me tell you what it comes with. Lead is discipline. You have to be disciplined in this walk. You have to serve well because you're not serving me. I'm just a man. 
You're not serving Pastor LJ. He's just a man. And if we don't do what God directed and told us to do, guess who will get it good? We will get it good. I'm not getting in trouble with God. That's why we're having this conversation today. So that you can know that it's time to step up and it's time to rise and take your place. Right and do what you need to do. Nobody have to micromanage you on your natural job because you're ready to get that paycheck. Nobody should have to micromanage you to do what you need to do in the kingdom and keep asking you to do it. It should be done. That's what God requires us to do. I do not ask of anything that I don't do myself. It don't matter to me what I got to do. My title means nothing. I respect my title. Let me change that. But what I mean, I'm not above anything. And the reason why I can get down dirty, which is sweet, mop, whatever, clean a toilet. Yeah, I clean it and I'm singing. I don't mind cleaning toilets because I don't like a nasty toilet. I don't mind picking up paper because I don't like junk on the floor. Why? Ask my husband. I don't like it at my house. I want things in order. And just like you want things in order in the natural, bring it on over in the spiritual. Get it in order. When you say you're a leader and people and elders and everybody is looking unto you, you stand strong and you be the back. The elder is to teach the younger. Where are my elders? We need you to teach the younger. They need it in this generation. And they are looking unto you. Let's go to Mark 11 and 23. And I'll read Mark 11 and 23. It says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt. That means have faith in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. So when you think you can't accomplish something, if you think something is beneath you and you don't deserve it, God is saying right here in Mark 11 and 23, he said all you have to do is ask him for it, believe it, bring it to him, and he's going to take care of it for you. But there's a catch to it. He needs you to do some things. So let's go to Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. He said, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, Mark 11 and 23 is in existence. But in Hebrews, he said diligently. So that means in order to get something, give something. You're not just doing it just so he can give unto you, but you're doing it because you'll reap the harvest when you do what you need to do. A lot of you want the reaping of the harvest, but you don't do nothing. What are you, what, okay, I'm going to the bank. I have nothing in my bank account. I'm going to make a $2,000, $3,000 withdrawal. So I keep, I put my credit card in, I put my PIN number in, and I'm waiting for the return. Well, it's saying a zero balance, of course, because you didn't put a thing in it. So why are you thinking the natural 
In the natural, you can't just go to the bank and get something out of it, but you think you can get something out of God and never put nothing in. What are you willing to put in the bank so later you can have something to cash out and withdraw? What are you putting in the bank? God's bank. What are you giving unto him? What is so important that you sleep on him? Like in the garden, of, like in the garden. Jesus was in the garden. He wanted them just to get up and pray. They couldn't even do that. They were sleeping. But guess what? He needed to get through what he needed to get through, and it really wasn't about them. It was about what God was preparing him for. Can you get out of the sleep so you can be like Jesus and be ready for what God is preparing for you? Can you do that? I want to go to um, Isaiah 43 and 2. And I'm wondering if I can get through all of this. I haven't even, and, and I'm not keeping, keeping you guys. I didn't realize this was so much. <laughs> Guess why? Because he has confidence that you can do it. That's why you're in it. Because he thinks of you to be that strong, but guess what you got to do? You got to think within yourself that you can be that strong. That's why you have to have confidence. Because confidence will, if you have a lack thereof of confidence, you'll always be second-guessed yourself, can I do this? Am I worthy? Am I good enough? But the Father is saying, you can do it. You're good enough. You're worthy. You got this. He says, when thou walkest through that fire, he said, sh he said, thou shall not be burned. You won't even smell like smoke. And you know, if somebody has been around smoke or a house fire, it's this keen smell and you know it. Just like burnt popcorn, it's like you've got to do everything. You cannot get it out. But he said, you'll walk through the fire and you won't even be burned. You won't even have the smell or the residue of that trial on you. People won't even be able to see what you went through, that loss that you suffered, that mother that passed away, that father that passed away, that sister that passed away, the brother that passed away. You lost your home. You have to start all over. Your child, just whatever. You won't even see that because God is with you and he's going to pick you up and carry you through it. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. The flame won't even be able to touch you. Look how much God loves you. Every time you ever question how God feels about you, go to Isaiah 43 and 2 and let that be evident that he does care for you. So don't think that he does not care for you. Don't think he doesn't. Ephesians 1 and 18. It says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and that with the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He wants you to see that at the end of all of this, there is a heavenly promise that he has for you and a gift that he has for you. But in any inheritance, there's some stipulations to it that must happen for you to get it. Will you get your inheritance? When it's no more churches on the land, no more places for us to meet, and we're running at the end of this 
empathy at the end of this journey? Will you have enough fortitude within you? And will you have applied enough oil in your lamp for you to get what is promised to you? Let me go to one more thing, and then I'm closing, okay? Please be patient with me. I just want to um, close it up on, um, and I didn't even go to most of the things that I was going to go to, but I want to be obedient with time as well. I want to go to close it out in Matthew 25, 1 through 13, with it, King James Version, with the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And the reason why I want to go to this passage, and, this, and then I'll be closing, the reason why I want to go through this passage is because Poverty mindset sometimes think that you're entitled to receive something that you didn't do anything to get. Poverty mindset has you feeling like you're entitled. A lot of people say rich feel they're entitled. Okay, but let's go to the poverty mindset, feel you're entitled. Somebody has to do this to me. Case in point, when you're grown and you're an adult, there's certain things as an adult that we have to take care of and handle in our business affairs. And if someone extends a hand, it's because they want to. Never make people feel like they're obligated to do anything to you. The Spirit and God's Word taught me that. My dad also taught me that. He taught me no one should be working with your hands more than you working with your hands. He taught me that, and I appreciate that. Because I didn't truly understand exactly, and I grew up in a household of six it was three girls and three boys, and I was the oldest of all my siblings. And what he and, and I needed to be the oldest. I see why I was born first. Because God, through my father and my dad, how he, how he worked, sometimes 70 hours a week, he worked um, <laughs> a lot. And in that, he was a good provider for the household. But even though he was a good provider, he made us work for things. He just didn't give us everything we wanted because he wanted to show us that the world just don't give you everything you want. You have to work for it. And society, don't let societal, societal crutches. And I'm not saying this in any way to offend anyone. Please, I love you all and don't take it that way. It's certain things that you fit the criteria because of your income that you could get, okay? And certain things, if you're working hard, if you're elderly, oh, yeah, I'm for my elders, yes. Disabled and different things, yes, you're disabled. But if you can get up and work and you're healthy and nothing is wrong with you, don't get fixated on getting government assistance for the rest of your life. You have to break that poverty mindset. When you can say, she said it when she came up here and gave that testimony. She said, I was excited that I didn't get what I normally get in January. Sometimes one thing I've noticed in a reading about the poverty mindset, you'll be waiting for that income tax in January, but still don't do nothing right with it. And you spend it all before you get to February because you don't know how to take some and save it. For one of your strong, hard days that something might, you don't save it for rainy days or you don't save it for when you really might need it. You blow it all because sometimes a poverty mindset is not so much that you don't 
have it. Sometimes you have it, but you mismanage it and you don't spend it right. God wants us to be mature with our finances. He wants us to, with our finances, he wants them to guard our finances. If you can't afford to keep your lights on, if you can't afford to pay for your house note, and other little things, then certain things right now may not be a necessity. It was times, my husband can witness this. Me, I don't really worry about getting nails done. I'm a very natural person. I don't wear makeup unless I have to wear makeup. I've been forced to wear makeup. My daughter liked that too. I wasn't even getting my nails done until I went to my daughter's baby shower. Then I started and I looked and I said, I'm going to get my nails done again. But anyway... But I was always like, no, 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 no. This money can go. I'm not using this on my money. I need to store this and put this in my bank account. He know with my other things that I'm working and doing that I don't even like to touch that and don't even pay myself off of something that I can very well pay myself because I like to store it. Because you never know. And when you're building something, you have to save to build. Right? So God wants us to be good stewards over our finances because it's not only going to help in your household, but when, it's in its, when you bring it to the storehouse, the storehouse is not just church. When you bring it to help people that really did fall on hard times, God is a blesser to those who give. It is a good feeling when you can be the giver and not the receiver. It feels good. So don't despise that because the person you give into, one day they're going to be the giver and not the receiver because I was that. I had to receive in my life. Oh, you don't have to raise your hands. But over the course of my journey, I've had to receive. And I'm not ashamed to say it because I worked my hands off. And sometimes things happen. When 2008 happened, it was a great recession in the car dealership. And I was doing security and law enforcement during that time and holding things sometimes because my husband's income went down to less than half. But when you know and you serve a great God and you're not wrapped up in materialistic things and materialistic, yeah, God, okay, so yeah, I drive a nice car. I'll tell you that. I worked for that car. Uh-huh. And I'm not ashamed to have nice things, but guess what? I promise you, if anybody know me well enough to know, nice things don't have me. I'll walk into Saks Fifth Avenue and turn right around and go into Home Goods in Marshalls on the clearance rack, digging through, trying to find me a good deal. That's how I roll. It doesn't matter to me. Those things are temporal things because when it's all over, he don't care what you got in your closet. He cares about what you got in your heart. So let's get through these five wise and five foolish virgins. And we, I want you to stand up. Because God is going to break it off. He's, you, if you're tuning in online, God is going to break it off for you. It's about the poverty mindset that God wants to break off you. Sitting wherever you may be sitting in your home. You stay tuned and you don't move one inch. 
because God has something and I'm talking to you because he wants to break it off for generations and generations in your family for those who never thought they'll ever be anything those who have a character that everybody think is bad you can change that character around and God can help you that mindset that make you think you'll never be anything you'll never mount to anything let me tell you God can clean you up it's possible while we have breath in our bodies, it's possible. And God can do it, but it's on you. The ball is in your court. You got to make the slam dunk. You got to do it. Nobody can do it for you. You got to do it. And Matthew 25, 1 and 13, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, no anointing with them, no preparation with them, no diligence with them, not praying, not fasting, fasting and seeking God's face. They didn't take any of that with them. But the wise took all in their vessels with their lamps they knew that one day he was going to return and they wanted to be prepared. So they were consistent and diligent in serving with him and doing everything they could do for him because they knew something at the end was waiting. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They were slowful, procrastinated. They waited too long. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Trimmed. They cut it up. It was neat. They tidied it up. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Be he answered, and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Five wives were obedient to God. They were praying. They were fasting. They were reading. They were being a light to others. They were working diligently. They were preparing for his coming. They were focused. They had balance. They were watchful. There was discernment of the times. They were spiritually strong. They were on a mission. They were armored with the armor of God and they protected. They were alert. They were watching the clock. They was giving unto God, trusting what he brings. They was trusting him with what they brought to the storehouse. Foolish disobedient, lack of praying, fasting, reading, not being a light, lukewarm, lazy, inconsistent, all over the place, not focus on what's going on in the world, sleeping, enjoying things of the world. Everything is about earthly affairs, caught up in the pleasures, not acknowledging the signs. This is what I wrote. Can't be held accountable, no show. Always canceling out, always giving up their positions, not consistent, forgot about the clock. That's a poverty mindset. That's what the foolish had. 
Because if they would have just concentrated on God, if they would have just focused on him and put all in their lamps, they would have been ready. He wanted them to be ready. He told them to be ready, but they were too busy. Stop wanting people oil. Stop wanting to take away others' oil. Do your homework. Your homework is getting in your secret place and praying unto God for yourself. So many times we look at these intercessors. Do you know what it takes to be an intercessor? Constant denial. Not that they don't go through things. They go through a lot of things, but they keep pushing and they keep moving. Thank you, God, for the intercessors. Thank you for the intercessors that go from day to night. Praying for this ministry and praying for all ministries. Praying for all people standing in the gap. Thank you for them praying for my family. Thank you, intercessors. Because we need prayer warriors in this hour when the enemy is coming on rampage trying to tear you down. But we all should be an intercessor. You stand in the gap for the person that's on side of you. That's what you do. You look to your left and the closest person to you. That's who you need to stand in the gap for for this day on. You need to hold, you make a mental note. Who you, I say look to the left. And whoever to the left of you, you're responsible for them. I don't care if you're a young person. I don't care if you're an elder. You count for something. Sister Linda, you count. Where is she? Is she in here? Sister Linda, you count for something. God has imparted a lot in you. He needs your wisdom. He's given you strength. You fought many battles, but God is with you. You are a woman of God. You are a woman of value, and he loves you. He loves you. He cares about you so much. Sister Cecile, you and Brother Donald, he cares about you. You stand up, Sister Cecile. He cares for you. He wants you to have confidence in your word. He wants you to have confidence in him. It's time for you to stand and rise up. Woman of God, he has called you to be in this season. The younger generation, they need you. You have a love for children unlike no other. From young, you've always loved the youth and you've loved kids. He see the love you have for others. And it's time for you to move to a different level, Sister Jackie Bitten. I won't leave you out of this. God has called you, brought you through the storm. He's brought you to the rain, but what he wants you to do is trust on him. Yes, it is you, said the Lord. Yes, it is you, said the Lord. It's not the one on side of you. Yes, it is you, said the Lord. Yes, the Lord has equipped you. It is you, said the Lord. I want you. Yes, you. You are important to me. And I want you. I love you. And I want you. Sister Stephanie, Brother Antoine, God has something special for the elders. You two have been through much. Let me tell you something. You was hard in the world, my brother. But God loves you and he trusts you to bring that hardness. 
like a good soldier in the word in the kingdom. God has a ministry for you to open your Bible and begin to read because he wants you to speak before the people because you don't think you great but he think you is mighty. Yes you, you are mighty and you start seeking and getting in your word because God has a calling on your life. Though we see it in Sister Stephanie, it's on you and the fire in your belly right now from this day forth what God is going to pour into you. People are going to be amazed that it's you. He doesn't even have a ministry just in these doors. God wants you out in outreach. Yes, you, and he will equip your limbs to do it. Say the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to be wise virgins in here. We're not going to be foolish virgins in here. We're going to be wise because God has called the young. He's called the wise. And we're going to do every single thing. Don't play with him. Just like you used to say, I ain't to be played with in the world. He ain't to be played with. Don't get it twisted. He's a God of love. But guess what? He knows how to get in touch with you. Sometimes those ways might not be what you think it is. I'm saying get in line. If you online today, get in line and do what God has equipped for you to do. This is real. The Holy Spirit is real. God is real. Don't you pretend. This is it's time out for pretending. If you need help, I don't care how many names before and after your name, you get to the altar and you get help. I don't care who you lead and who you poured into if you need help. Because guess what? Shannon don't care about anybody. When I need help, I will kindly walk my little self up here, lift my hands up, say, God, help me. Do a turn and lay my hands on you and say, God, strengthen them. That's the posture we want here. Nobody is above needing prayers. Let's get that straight. None of us. Pastor and I need prayers to be able to be in agreement, being on one mind and one accord, being able to lead what God has given us to lead. And if at any time you think we're not doing something right, you let us know because I promise you we want to do it right. Father, I thank you today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for speaking to the church, Lord God. God, I'm just a vessel, Lord God. I'm just a vessel, Lord God, that you saw fit to use, Lord God. God, it's not me, Lord God, but it's you, Lord God. The poverty mindset, Lord God, you've set the atmosphere to break it. If they want it and if they receive it, they can break it off today, Lord God. God, I'm asking every single person that's listening to my voice, whether online or in-house. God, I'm asking you to do something different. God, I'm asking in the atmosphere, anyone who thought they were great and not great, you make them great. God, I'm asking for you to give them knowledge, God. Give them wisdom and understanding how to govern their finances, Lord God. If they have innovations and have businesses that they want to bring to the next level, God, I ask that you bless them. Bless them with a posture before you, Lord God, to put you first, Lord God. First, Lord God. First, Lord God. So they can break it off, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord God. 
In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Lord God, you're wonderful. You're mighty, Lord God. You're everything we expect you to be and more, Lord God. And if you don't do another thing, Lord God, you've done more than enough, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I, as I hand it over to Pastor LJ, be different this week. Know who you are in Christ this week. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all give the woman of God a hand clap today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I was thinking about her, and I, I could say it after. But I was just thinking about her, like her while I was coming to church today. And, you know, I, I understand through watching her why God created a wife understand because marriage is something it's, it's a whole different level of living you with this person they know you in ways that nobody else know you and and the way God designs it there's times she will speak things to me that nobody else can speak nobody else would be comfortable to correct me or to tell me or to pull me out of mindsets and nobody will stand up to you like your wife and not stand up to you but just speak things that you need to hear and 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 the thing about today as I watch her we've been married 23 years we still young people too I'm in my father's we still young but I love her now more today than I did then and the reason is because of what we've been through together. When you go through the hard times and when you just go through life with somebody, it shows you what you have. We rose together. We fell together. We rose together. We fell together. We raised kids together. We built. We bought a house together, moved in an apartment together. Like you really become a unit. You become a unit. You start thinking alike. You start having the same drive, the same goal. And I'm just proud of her. I'm really proud of her. And, and she the kind of person I would have to say, Shannon, God has not called just me. He's called you too. And that's what I love y'all so much about the, the mission statement that God has put in this place. I mean, I love it. I remember when he spoke that to me, Harvest Identified, Develop, and Launch. The greatest joy that you should have as a leader is seeing people develop. Because true leadership is how do I get the people around me to become everything God put in them. That's what leadership is. That's what parenting is. If you don't have a mind to make the people around you great, then you got to check your motives. Say it again. If you don't have a mind to make the people around you great, you got to check your motives while you're doing it. Amen? Because it's all about lifting the people around you. And I'm so grateful, y'all, as we getting ready to go to Mall Street. You know, I can just see the, the impact 
we're going to have on, on that community, on that, on that side of town. I can see it. I can feel it. And I pray, y'all, that, that that poverty mindset, that you let that be broken off of you because you are called by God. And what you're called to do by God is bring somebody else into his kingdom so that as you are elevating, you lifting people up behind you. That's what this kingdom is about. It's not about you just coming and God blessing your life. But it's about who can I bring God to to bless their life. And if that's not what's driving you, see, think about it. If you've been in Christ, you got to start asking God, God, give me a burden for my family. Give me a passion to be a soul winner. Give me a mind to bring people to you. Because I think the American church is kind of falling asleep because she's into the presentation and, and the, the programs and the glamour and all of the, the, that side of church. But the mission of Christ is to go out into the world and make disciples. That's the mission of the church. Y'all hear that? That's our mission. Bring people to Christ. Bring Jesus to people. Everybody you can think of. And what I love about what Jesus said. See, the longer you struggle, the longer you holding people back from finding Jesus. Think about it, church. He said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Meaning I'm giving you power to go into your family and cast devils out of your niece. If your nephew has a demon-possessed spirit, you can cast it out of. He said, I'm giving you power to lay hands on sick people and they'll recover. Let us not wait until church comes to bring people to me to pray for them. He said, I'm giving you power. I don't care if you got the Holy Ghost last week. You got the power to go back into your neighborhood. And let's say somebody is sick in that neighborhood. You literally can go in your neighborhood. Most of Jesus' work was done outside of the synagogue, not in the synagogue. Most of his work was done outside of the synagogue, not in the synagogue. Amen. Ask God to give. If you got children that's sick. You can lay hands on your children. Buy some oil. Keep some oil in your house. Keep some oil in your house. When you have little kids, they're going to be fought with asthma and RSV and all. Lay hands on that bronchitis and all of those things. Because God can give you the healing authority to rebuke those sicknesses in this earth. Somebody say, I have power. Let us walk in it. When you start breaking that poverty mindset, say that I have an abundance of power. I'm going to leave you with this. The Bible says, where that, it says, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Somebody say, I have an abundance of grace. And you know what Paul told that church in Corinth? He said, don't receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in vain. A lot of us, we have an abundance of grace, and we're not even sharing it with nobody. 
you got to let that grace flow through you. Let that grace flow through your house. Let that grace flow through your auntie, your uncles. We are the light of the world. Y'all point your hand to Marina Amber. We're going to get a speedy recovery. I mean, she literally came do praise and worship sitting on a chair. Who does that? Because of your sacrifice, God about to speed that recovery up. God, every tendon. God, every ligament, God, every joint, all the marrow, all the weakness around it, I rebuke it, and I speak a speedy, healing, miraculous recovery in Jesus' name. Y'all believe that today? I heard God say, I'm not going to be taking long to do miracles as we move forward. Stand up, Ashley. You're carrying something heavy right now. Point your hands toward her. We break it down. Break it, God. Break it, God. Break it, God. Come on, cast that burden on him. Break it, God. Come on, come on. Come on, it's in your belly. It's already in you. Break it, God. Come on, come on. Yes, God. Come on, the word of the Lord say, cast your burden on the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, church. Pray with her. Pray her through. Come on. It's like bars around her. But don't you know when Peter was in jail, it was the saints' prayers that got him through. Come on. Pray her through. Come on. Pray her through. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God. God, I command it to break, God. God, I command that burden, God. To Jesus, you said, come unto me, all you that labor. And a burden and a heavy laden. You said that we would find rest for our soul. God, our soul is tired. There's peace in the kingdom of God. You say, my peace I give to you. Give her your peace, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we want God to change things, but sometimes he just going to give us the strength to get through it. How many of you know you can't change everything, but you can change? (laughs) Some things we can't change, but we can change how we manage it, how we deal with it. Come on, he giving you the grace right now to deal with it. Come on, he giving you the strength to deal with it. Come on, he giving you the wisdom to deal with it. He's giving you the love, the compassion to deal with it. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Y'all, this world is hard, man. You need the grace of God with you. Okay, it just shifted. Okay. All right. Yes, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. All right, get it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, right where y'all are, lift y'all hands. I'm going to pray over y'all, and we're going to get ready to go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, whatever your people need, every request, Father, every petition, I know that is done in Jesus' name. Mm. Bless this house, God. Even, God, as you have already been blessing us, I thank you for everything that you have been doing to House of Freedom, for House of Freedom, and through House of Freedom. All of these beautiful people, God, all of these wonderful, wonderful servants, I pray for them, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you strengthen their heart. I pray, Lord, that you strengthen their mind. I pray, Lord God, that you strengthen their hands. Let not their hands be weak, oh God. God, we are not feeble Jews, oh God. God, but we're going to be strong in the Lord and in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Oh God, strengthen this house, oh God. Let us continue to build, God, and labor. God, as you have called us, let this assignment continue to flourish. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Right where you are, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Amen. Recommit yourself. Recommit yourself. Come on, I can hear that. Come on, somebody needs to recommit themselves to Jesus. Amen. If that's you, lift your hands up. If you want to recommit yourself. Amen. If you want to recommit yourself. Okay, if you want to recommit yourself. If you feel like you could be doing better in the kingdom, if you feel like, amen, that you're ready to start your walk, there's no shame in that. The Bible says sometimes you got to do your first words over, amen. If that's you, come right here. I want to pray for you real quick. If you just want to recommit yourself to Jesus, if you want to recommit your life, this is serious because when you start giving your life to the Lord, what you are telling the Lord is, Lord, I'm giving you a yes. I'm recommitting, Lord. I'm giving you a yes. I'm recommitting, God. I'm giving you a yes. Hallelujah, Lord. In this relationship with God, sometimes we get off track. Sometimes we fall short. But God wants us to recommit ourselves. listen this is like a marriage God is seeing you today recommitting like you're remarrying it's a hallelujah this is what the Lord is saying to you as you recommit yourself he said you are forgiven you are forgiven don't doubt that you are forgiven we got to learn as ministers that Jesus said, whoever sins you remit on the earth, they are remitted in heaven. So I remit them all. I declare this day, November 14, 2021, a fresh start for you. 
This is what the law says. The slate is clean. God said, I don't want to hear about nothing before today. God said, I receive your commitment. Follow through on your commitment. Honor your vow. Now look what the law said. I'm going to show you things that knocked you off track. When I show you, correct it. Correct it. Fix it. And the future that I have for you is going to be greater than what you did in the past. Oh, yeah. That's principle. That's the kind of God we serve. God said your future, your latter end, is going to be greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That's a beautiful scripture. God is not holding anything against you. Some of you need to be refilled. Y'all help me pray for them. Y'all lay hands on them up here. Y'all help me. Because God said, I'm going to empower you. I want to empower you. He say, my power is what sustains you. Receive the Holy Ghost. If you are up here today, just receive it. Let God refresh you. Let him give you a fresh start. Let him give you a new start. Let him give you a fresh start. Let him give you a new start. God says the times of refreshing come from the presence of God. God says I'm refreshing you. As you recommitted to me, I'm empowering you. In the name, Imando Ramani Refresh him on God. Fresh wind blow in this place. Refresh your people, God. Come on, there's a refreshing at this altar. There's a refreshing. There's a refreshing at this altar. Refresh us, oh God. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Refresh her right now, God. Pour out of your spirit, oh God. Refresh us in this place, God. God, as we recommit to you, God, we give you a yes, God. God, we surrender our will. God, we surrender our mind. God, we surrender our heart. God, we surrender our passions. God, we surrender our time. We give you a yes today, Jesus. Yes, we surrender, God. 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 Thank you, Lord. We give you a yes, Jesus. We give you a yes, Lord. We surrender. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you. Come on, let it flow. Come on, let it flow. We're getting ready to go. Let it flow. Come on, let it flow. Times of refreshing come from God's presence. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Even if you're watching online, recommit yourself to the Lord. Recommit, recommit. Hallelujah. Say, God, I'm committed to you, God. God, I'm committed to you, God. I'm committed to you, God. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. Committed to you, Jesus. Come on, I'm committed to you, Jesus. I'm committed to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm committed, Lord. Fully committed. Use me, Lord, for your glory. Use me, Lord, for your glory. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Chief. Now I give my life fully committed to you. Yes, Chief. Thank you. Yes, God. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, the word of the law says, out of your belly. Tell flow rivers of living water. He said, I put a well in your belly. Hallelujah. Mm. I said, I put a well in your belly. Fill me up, God. Fill us up, God. Come on, let him fill you up. Yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. Come on. 
Yes, God. Yes, God. Out of your belly, yes, God. Out of your belly, yes, God. Out of your belly, yes, God. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, you pushing to another level right there. Come on. Come on, birth that thing. Come on, birth that thing. Come on, birth that thing. There you go. Come on, birth that thing. There you go, birth that thing. Come on, birth that thing. There you go, birth that thing. There you go. You just birthed something. Yes, you just birthed something. Yes, thank you, Lord. There you go. That's it. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. He calling you closer. He calling you closer. You can feel it, huh? You feel the Lord pulling on you. He want to fill you with power. Amen. He want to fill you with power. Oh, that's it. It's all up on you. He want you to have that same spirit that you hear all around you. He want to put that in your belly and put a well in your belly so you can communicate Amen. He want to bring some things off of you, but amen, you got to receive it. You ready to receive this power? You ready to surrender? Lift your hands up to him. Say, Lord, I surrender. Fill me with power from on high. I want to be full with the Holy Ghost. I repent of all of my sins. My mind is clean. My heart is clean. My body is clean. I'm ready for you to live inside of me through your spirit. All I'm going to tell you, receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he sent them to them and they laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. It's not hard. All you got to do is let him in. Call upon Jesus. Say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. I need you, God. Fill me, Lord God. Fill me, Lord God. Fill me, Lord God. Fill me, Lord God. Fill it right now, God. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. Come on, look at him. It's all up on you. You just got to let him in. Come on, you just got to let him in. Don't worry about how it sounds. You just got to let him in. Feel it right now, God. 
pour out of your spirit, God. God, you said in the last days, God, you will pour out your spirit on all flesh, oh God. God, pour out of your spirit, God. We receive the Holy Ghost, God. Feel it right now, God. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. I know this may be a little different for you, but that's him. You just got to let him in. Say, feel me, Lord. Feel me, Lord. I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to do your will. I'm ready to give you a yes, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. I give it all up, Lord. I give this world up, Lord. I give this world up, God. I want you, oh God. Feel me, Lord, God. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. The Bible says they were all in one place. And it says the Holy Ghost came in there like a rushing mighty wind. This is what the Lord says. He said, I know this is new to you. I'm going to give you some instructions. I'm going to visit you. And when I visit you and show you what I want you to put away, you've got to put it away. And when you put everything away that I show you, I'm going to fill you with my precious spirit, says God. Amen. You're on your way. It won't be long. We've got to take our time with our brothers and sisters. Amen. We've got to show love and patience and kindness, educating people on the Holy Ghost so that they can know. Amen. When that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spirit comes up on them, how to receive it. Her heart is so broken before the Lord. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Another disciple. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Man, I almost hate to dismiss church. But I know everybody don't get it every time. Golly. I sure want you to get it. You're going to get it. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 6. Remember next week. Amen. That we have the gathering. Amen. So y'all come. We're going to have a wonderful Thanksgiving feast for our beautiful HOF family. We love y'all dearly. And we want to have a gathering with our beautiful family next week. Amen. Amen. She just can't stop crying. Y'all gonna make me not dismiss. If she stay right there with all that crying, I'm a, I'm a terrier now. Amen. I want somebody to get her this week and tarry with her. Then y'all tarry with her this week. Don't let her come back to church next Sunday without being full of the Holy Ghost. We got to get out of waiting just for Sundays for God to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Because I didn't get it at church. I got it at the house. Amen. Because I wanted it bad enough. Amen. You don't have to wait till you get to church to get the Holy Ghost. You can get it during the week. I got it during the week leaving a Bible study. So look, our wonderful youth, they got a bake sale. Y'all going to commit to it. Everybody, raise your hand. Let's, let's support our youth. Let's support our youth. We're going to commit to it. They are raising money to build their wonderful. Look our, look at them. They're all excited. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful children. Amen. They got a bake sale going on. Make sure y'all show support. 
even if you're on a diet and you want, don't want to get do the sweet things, bless them anyway. Amen, because you are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, next week is the gathering. Listen, y'all, I have a very, very important business meeting tomorrow at 1.30 about something that can literally change the dynamics of our ministry. It's some wonderful financial news I got last week that I wasn't even looking for. This is a number six type of things I'm talking about. So I'm going in there tomorrow at 1.30. Y'all tell God to send his angels before me. Open the heart so wide. And I'm going to tell y'all about it. It reminds me of the prophecy when God told him, I'm going to do something so great it's going to make your hair stand up. Your ears going to tingle. This one of them things that when I tell y'all about it, I say, God, you just don't want nobody to get the glory on this one. Only you could do something like this. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going at 1.30 in the business meeting. So y'all touch and agree and y'all lift that up that God give us faith, which I believe he already have. Let me read this number six, amen, as we get ready to go. And I believe that this is why all these wonderful things happen to us, because we believe this word. All right. Listen, y'all, before we go to the base cell.